0: Love Talk Radio
1: Good morning This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show and I'm your host and executive producer Lois Wetzel coming to you live this morning from 9 a.m. Houston, Texas Central Time I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, and let people know that you were here and listening to my show. You can get reminders of upcoming shows. It's all free. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call using the telephone or Skype. You can listen on your phone or your computer. If you're calling in and you want to ask a question, just hit the number 1 and I'll know that you would like to ask a question. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for about 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I do not share email addresses with anyone, because your privacy is important.
0: Well, good morning. I guess you haven't heard from me in a while, and that's because I've been gone. Um, But I'm back, and... um, I had a incredible experience going to England to uh my intention was to see crop circles but of course you know spirit has things that it makes happen that uh, you might not have on your list and of course that's what happened with me and I also went to um Bosnia to check out those pyramids or the the tunnels in between the pyramids which um have some very strange frequencies in them and which are purported to be um, healing, in fact, rejuvenating. A lot of people have reported that. So um, it was a pretty interesting experience. I mean, well, it went way beyond pretty interesting. But anyway, I'm going to call my friend Carol because she's been wondering about this, and I find it easier to... um, Talk to a person than to carry on a monologue. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't do monologue too well. I notice a whole lot of radio hosts do that. They just talk and talk and talk. I'd rather have a conversation. So we're gonna call Carol. Give me a second here to uh dial her number. should be ringing Are you there Carol? Hmm. It says you're there, but I can't hear you. Okay. That's funny, I'm hearing a little beat in the background. Okay, she hung up, so apparently she could hear what I was saying. So Carol, if you want to call me, it's 347-945-5309. Let's give her a chance to do that before I try calling her again. 347-945-5309. again. Hello? Count. Hey, yes. Hey,
2: he came through. First call didn't come through. I couldn't hear you.
0: Yeah, yeah. weird. Where? Okay. I don't know what causes okay. stuff like that. Um, so, well, the thing I was going to tell you about first which okay. I started talking about earlier today was I was watering my plants before I left and I kept hearing, you know, sometimes you'll hear things in your head over and over and you think, is that a thought repeating or is somebody talking to me? Mm-hmm. And it was West Kennet Long Barrow, West Kennet Long Barrow, which I'd heard of that before I knew it was a location somewhere in the crop circle region. Mm-hmm. But I just kept hearing it over and over and I said, okay, I hear you. And then they waited a minute, and then they started doing it again. I went, okay, okay, I'll go there. And then it stopped.
2: And this was before you went on the trip?
0: When I was out on my porch watering the plants that are out there. Today? No, no, before I left.
2: Before you left. That's before, before I left
0: for the trip, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was getting packed and getting ready. to. My friend was going to pick me up, take me to the airport, and I kept hearing this. I'm going, okay, I'll go there. Somebody was being pretty insistent.
2: Mm-hmm. So... uh
0: after I got there, and, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here, but about the, I guess the second day I was there, I did go out to uh see crop circles because that was my main thing. But you know what? I just couldn't drive on the left and and do those rounders. You know what I'm talking about? Those intersections of Yes, circles? yes,
2: and uh, yeah, I read your first blog where you got a college student to take you out there.
0: Oh my lord, yeah. I, I found, you know, the daughter of, for those who haven't read the blog, I found the daughter of somebody who worked in the kitchen at the hotel, the people at the hotel were really nice, um, to drive me out there if I would pay her a little bit. And I was hoping she'd just drive me around all day to all the crop formations, but it was not to be. She dropped me off and then came back to pick me pick me up that evening. Um, so we first went to the Silent Circle Cafe, and they had a new location, but I had looked it up on a map. and. And then over to, um, they told us about the Microlite Center. So I had her drop me off at the Microlite Center, which is called the Flight Deck. And there are these two really nice middle-aged guys who've been doing this for a long time who have these little airplanes that only hold two people, and the engine's about the size of uh, a lawnmower engine. And... So they get to go down really low, lower than a helicopter. They've got certain height requirements, and the helicopters have to stay above a certain level because they make so much noise. Of course, the wind whips everything around. So they took me down, you know, and I'm looking at all the crop circles, and I fly over one that's so tiny that I don't even take a picture of it from the air. It's just a flat circle in the middle, flattened out, with two rings on the outside of it, and I'm going,
1: boring.
0: So I didn't photograph that one. But I photographed, you know, maybe ten others, and some of them were just exquisite. So then when I get all done with that, somebody gives me a ride to a, uh, from the Microlite Center over to one of the crop circles, and I get to walk in a crop circle for the first time. And I actually laid down in it and everything. It was pretty cool. Did
2: you um, feel the energy that the people often report? No. Okay.
0: So I don't know if that's because I was just not feeling the energy or... Because uh, I'm not that great at feeling it, I hear it and I see it. But one of the people who given me a ride out there was an engineer, and he was talking almost the whole time. Because <laughs> well, he was
2: definitely into, disruptive.
0: Uh, yeah, it was. He was into analyzing it. Um, but um, I did manage to lie there for a while, and and it smelled really good. That's the thing I remember is how good the grain smelled. Um. But I didn't feel anything, so I thought, well, is that is it me? Is it that this is not an authentic crop circle? But when you look at the picture of it, and I put those up on Facebook today if anybody wants to look, and later they'll be on my blog, which is hotpinklotus.blogspot.com. Um, but you can see it's an incredibly complex crop formation, incredibly complex. I don't know how people could do that, but uh, there have been some people faking them pretty well these days, some big ones. So, um and there are scientists who study them they will tell you which one's real and which one's not, just based on how the stalks are bent. And they have to get them when they're fresh to analyze it before people stomp all over them. But also things that changes that happen to the soil. But anyway, I I got to do that, and then she came and picked me up over at the Silent Circle Cafe, and, and then I went on to um, the next day, I started feeling funny. And I didn't know why I was feeling funny, but... Um, Started, I don't know, feeling nauseous and and sneezing a lot. So I went ahead and um, took a bus to uh, to the. Um, there were I had met a Norwegian guy who, when I was out of the MicroLite Center, who was making videos and he sells every year about the latest crop formations and it's all narrated and he's got his own background music and it's narrated in Norwegian. And he had told me about this great, what he said was a really wonderful uh, conference on crop circles. So I went to it the next day for a little while, and I decided it wasn't that wonderful. (laughs) It was in Marlborough. And um, so I left about halfway through, caught a bus, got ready to catch, was looking for a bus to catch, and there's the Norwegian guy hanging out the door saying, hey, come on, this is the bus. So I got on the bus, and it took me out to the Avery Stone Circles, and from there, I hiked up to West Kennett Long Barrow.
2: So you went because, to where you were directed to go, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was, I was, you know, I'd made a promise, and I, I didn't know what they'd do to me if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> <I thought>, uh oh. <laughs> so I hiked through meadows and um, along the edge of a, a stream, through these um, on the edge of uh, what do you call them? pastures for about five miles most of it up yeah most of it uphill i was very grateful for my hiking boots that one of my other friends helped me pick out because i would have gone in tennis shoes except she said oh don't do that they're too slippery and that's true they're way slipperier than uh, hiking boots are Mm -hmm. but anyway i'd gone about five miles and i was coming up this really steep hill hill to get to the barrow and i'm I am dragging, because that's a long way to walk. Um, And then I notice off to my left that there's a crop circle. I can see the cutouts in the grain, because grain's about eh, three and a half feet high. So I could see over the top of that to see something was going on over there. So I went to the little box where there's a donation box, and it's polite to give the farmer a little bit of money if you're going to walk into his field. So I did that, And then I went in, and I was the only person in this small crop formation. It was the one I'd turned my nose up at that was too small to photograph. Hmm. And it was a solid circle that had been totally flattened out in one direction, pointing uphill in the middle. And then two rings outside that. And I think maybe the rings were three and a half, four feet apart. So there'd be standing grain about three and a half or four feet deep and then another concentric circle. And they're just perfectly concentric. Um, concentric circle of laid down grain. And I think it was going clockwise on those outer circles. And the outer circles would be about two feet wide. So you could you know, walk in those easily, maybe a little wider than that. So I decided, well, I'm here by myself, and I'm exhausted. Maybe I'll just lie down in this crop circle. So I did. And I closed my eyes. And almost immediately after I closed my eyes, I had the, kind of like, you know, um, a vision, which, you know, I realize a lot of people have visions and they can't make up their mind if they're making it up or if they're really seeing something that's there. And I think there's no way to prove the difference. I mean, how do you prove it? I really don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm lying there and I see a circle of druids around the middle flattened out circle that I'm lying in, there is a ring of druids. And they begin chanting in my imagination or whatever it is. And I really get relaxed. And I'm feeling, you know, not only relaxed, but like I've got more energy. And that may have been coming from the crop formation or might have been coming from the druids, I don't know. Or my imagination, I don't know. So I'm lying there for a while, and then they're telling me in telepathically that um, this is a light body activation, and that's why I was called there. So I lie there a bit longer, and then they tell me when they're done, and they're using sound, and they're not doing a lot of movement or anything. They're using sound. And then um, I start to get up, and one of them says, you can get up or you can lie here a little bit longer if you want to. So I thought, you know, what's the rush? I can lie here a bit longer. That bus is not leaving for Swindon back to where my hotel was for a while yet. I can just just lie here. So I did, and then I had one of those experiences where, have you ever been on a massage table and you just go out like a light? Like you went far, far away, but you don't know where it was? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's what happened. And then I came back about ten minutes later, and – still my eyes are closed, and there's a woman leaning over me, and she's been working on me doing a healing session one-on-one. And the other people are still in the ring around the outside of that circle. Um, And she's speaking to me with a really lilting accent, and I realize she's speaking Gaelic, and I understand it. And I cannot remember what she said. I'm hoping when I write all this down that I will be able to remember what she said because sometimes I go back into that state of consciousness. But the last thing she said, Carol, was she said, we worked with them too, you know. Now, who do you think she was talking about?
2: We worked with them, with the visitors?
0: We worked with them too, you know. Well, the first thing that popped into my head was the Ankinoshes.
2: Oh, okay. Of course, obviously. Oh, that's who okay. I thought
0: she. That's who that I thought she sense. was talking about. Yeah. She, yeah. So, um, I I think you know Adina energy medicine in some form or another has been around off and on for a long while.
2: That would make sense. I mean, there was yep. there was so much, there was so much work to try to stamp out the Druid religion and everything that they. That they brought, you know, that they used at that time, and yet it it has continued to persist. And I think I think uh, because of who who they were working with, like the Ankenash, um, it you know you can't lose it once it's come here. There keeps there are different kinds of groups keep discovering it and reactivating it in a way.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know why she told me that. I I assume I needed to know it and sometimes these things become clear 20 years later. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But what I think, you know, there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of questions about what are crop circles. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's a uniform answer. In the first place, I think there are some that are fake and that somebody's spending a lot of money to pay people to fake these things because they don't want people to believe any of them are real. And I think that there are some that are real. And I think that little bitty insignificant one was real. And what I think it was, and this is just me speculating now, I think it's an interdimensional portal so that our ancestors could come through and help us at a time that they knew humanity was going to need a little assistance. What do you think about that theory, Carol?
2: Well, I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. You know, when when things... when there are complex options and and simple options, you know, I mean Occam's razor just because it's a simple form doesn't mean it doesn't have power and uh and if it's a if it's a portal like that, why does it have to be complex? So that's our own judgment about oh this can't be real because it's such a simple form when we see these immensely complex ones, but uh that sounds
0: like a great yeah. idea. I thought it was real after I got into it, for a couple Mm -hmm. of reasons. One, it was kept simple so that people who were just interested in um, bling, for lack of a better word, wouldn't be attracted to it. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even photograph it from the air. So yeah, I was making a judgment about it. Too simple, kind of boring, not interested. Even if it was real, I wasn't interested because it was too little, too simple.
2: So only but, people who are really drawn to it and therefore worthy of, of of having access would be would actually come to it.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. And somebody said there's almost always some kind of crop formation in that field, and it wasn't that big of a field. Now, when I say little, it was little compared to the others. That bit, the sure. circle in the middle was probably thirty feet across, and the rings outside it bigger still. That's a small And so,
2: what? Wh- how big were the were the fancy ones?
0: The big fancy ones? Oh, the length of a football field. Wow. Or more. Yeah. One of them, at, the longest one they've ever had was three quarters of a mile long. Wow. Yeah. And they form, you know, the real ones anyway, form instantaneously. Now, who's doing the big fake ones? I don't know. But there was one this year that I was just offended by the subject matter. Can you believe that? It was an alien smoking a pipe. Now, is that real or fake? I don't know. Maybe it is real. I don't know. Maybe it's a peace pipe. That's what the Norwegian guy thought. Or maybe it was some sort of a silly image in order to uh, throw people off. But I I could have walked over and walked in that one, but I didn't do it. I kind of wish I had now, just for comparison's sake. So I I need to go back sometime with, oh, and by the way, I was really feeling bad by the end of that day. And I realized a few days later, I went to stay with friends in London after that, and I realized a few days later that by process of elimination that the cold medication didn't work, but the allergy medication did that I had a horrible allergic reaction that felt like flu almost in Wiltshire where the crop circles are. So I'm like, uh, okay, next time I will be taking Claritin-D with me (laughs) or something like that. I fortunately had some uh, um, homeopathic, I just as an afterthought, threw it into my bag, homeopathic remedy for histamine, which I'd learned about in Sedona a couple of springs ago. If it hadn't been for that, I, I might have been bedridden. But then, you know, I went ahead and went to Bosnia. Wow. And by the time I got to Vienna for my plane change, the whole um, the whole thing was gone. So I went, oh, must be in the air. So it was allergies. And then I found out from English people in Bosnia that, uh, yes, indeedy, they've got a lot of pollen and not much in the way of allergy relief. Actually, huh.
2: So so then Bosnia, that's been percolating for a long time. What? Oh, just uh, just having found out about the pyramids and the option to, wasn't it last summer that you first um, spoke with the...
0: It was about two years ago.
2: Two, was it two years yep.
0: ago, yeah? Yeah, that we did that project mm-hmm. a year and a half, two years ago, yeah where several people were asked to open the Akashic Records about different locations, and Samir was interviewing them. Exactly. Um, yeah. So,
2: what did you think of the pyramids?
0: Well, i uh, they're not very much uncovered. They've only co- uncovered little patches of them, and they get resistance from uh, the um, government. But what I was, and, and I did get up on the pyramid of the sun, and that was fascinating because I got to see with my own two eyes what he'd been talking about, which is giant plates about the size of a if you had a double wide massage table, that's how big it would be, and they're about eight ten inches thick, and it's poured cement with rocks in it, which is just like cement with rocks in it, only it's about five times harder than anything we've got. When then they they do those you know, rat-a-tat-tat machines that are supposed to break up cement. It's a joke. It doesn't break it up. I mean, it just chips off little bits on the edge, and it takes forever to do that. So in trying to find – they know there are tunnels under there because they've used geo-radar, and they're just having a really hard time breaking through to get to the tunnels. Yeah.
2: So that's how – do you feel that they blocked them up? Whoever built them blocked them up when they left?
0: Or I, who knows? No one knows the answer to that. I mean, wow. a lot of people have speculated that, yeah, the tunnels that are inside the pyramid um, were covered over with these tiles because the pyramids were covered with tiles. Well, the, there are pyramids, there should be entrances underground. There are all kinds of uh, tunnels underground in between the pyramids that they are now excavating and Um, they were filled by somebody. Now, these pyramids are over 10,000 years old. They had all kinds of people, different scientists from different countries, come and use machines to measure certain things. And there's definitely something going on there that is... Quite a few things there are going on there that are totally inexplicable by our understanding of technology. For example, down in the tunnels, in between... The pyramids. um, There are certain emanations that are present and certain other ones that are not. For example, um, the negative ions are very, very high, and specifically in certain locations, they're higher than other locations. For example, they're, um, I think, 43 times what's normal outside. Wow. (laughs) In, In one particular location, which purifies the air and the water. And they've got water in there that's collecting in these little underground lakes that are lined, you know, by man made materials. There are man made materials everywhere. And there are tunnels that were originally dug and then filled up with something that's like gravel and rocks. And then drywalls would be set up to keep that in place. But Carol and and they're digging that out by hand. But here's the weird thing is there are no none of the radiations that age us are present in those tunnels. And so the body gets to heal itself quickly. And there are people who say that it has a rejuvenating effect just because things like cosmic radiation, Schumann radiation, things like that, are not there. There's some other radiation that's not there. Plus, there are all these beautiful negative ions that make the water that's been sitting in these in these pools for a long, long time. And, and you know they pump that stuff out and it fills back up overnight, but they can't figure out where it's coming from? Wow. The water is so pure, it's drinkable. They've had it analyzed And they gave me a liter bottle of it the last day I was there, and it was ice cold and delicious. Ooh, and here's another weird thing. When you walk in within five, six feet of getting inside the tunnels, it was like in the 80s outside. Bright, sunshiny days the whole time I was there. And you walk into the tunnels, and it drops to about 55 degrees.
2: That quickly? Yes. That's almost like... Some sort
0: of air conditioning scenario going on. Well, yeah. In fact, when I did that Akashic Records reading, at one point when I was talking about the Bosnian pyramids and tunnels and everything, I said, uh, I felt really stupid when I said this. I said, they want to know how you like the air conditioning. And he didn't say anything. And when he took me into the tunnels the first day I got there, it was like after he finished with everything else, he took me into the tunnels and just showed it to me, which I was I was very honored that he did that. It was real sweet. He just took me in there himself and showed me the tunnels. And I said, wait a minute, how, how can it be that cold in here? That's not normal. And he said, there are a lot of things in here that are not normal and that we cannot explain. And I said, it's bitterly cold in here. And he said, yes. That's the air conditioning. And I went, whoa, why didn't you say something? And he said, well, now you get to see it for yourself. He didn't tell me at the time that it really was, the air really was cold. I didn't know what was meant by how do you like the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. I was like freaking out over my own thing I heard in my head. I <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, it really is air conditioning. <laughs> And here's the other funny thing: is every time I went in there, the cold bothered me less and less. I was shaking all over the first time I went in there. By the fourth or fifth day that I went in there, I could have gone in in shirt sleeves and it wouldn't have bothered me. Which is kind of weird.
2: That is interesting. Yeah. Of course, while it hasn't been as as quite as hot in Houston, you know, this has been an amazing summer all over the country, really. Yeah. Uh, so our our perception of Of cold and heat and everything. It was probably very welcoming to be air-conditioned like
0: that, ultimately. Oh, yeah, the people that got to work in the tunnels, I thought those were the lucky ones. Some of them were complaining about It's dark down here. Well, yeah, it's dark down there, but you know what? You're not sweating like a pig (laughs) like the people Mm -hmm. up on the pyramid were. There's some exciting things going on up on the pyramid, though. Mm -hmm. But um, it's clearly... um, Clearly, man made objects inside the tunnel. Because, you know, they've got these pods that they found out through, you know, having scientists analyze them that, that they're made out of ceramic material. And one of them weighs like nine tons. And it's baked ceramic. And it's in two parts there's the bottom part, it kind of reminds me of styrofoam packaging. There's the bottom part and then there's an oval object in the middle, and they know this from using geo radar um, machines. And then there's the top part. that has been, you know, baked in a ceramic oven somewhere. It's gotta get up to at least five hundred degrees to bake a ceramic. That's the lowest the lowest thing you can do uh clay in to give it to turn it into a ceramic. And uh these things are just gigantic. And uh, the top part is glued onto the bottom part in order to protect this oval object that's in the middle. And then it's put on top of a um, an underground water flow with something that looks sort of like a cross between arrows and runic symbols, you know, the runes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that's about it in terms of written things. There are no objects in the tunnels that are like artifacts, you know what I'm saying? No bones, not even ooh, not even animals. Animals won't come in there. Dogs won't follow people in there. There are no snakes or rabbits or rats or anything down in these tunnels. And coming out of the top of that pyramid, there's a beam of energy at 28 kilohertz, and it gets more intense as it gets away from the earth, going straight up. Is that weird or what?
2: That is weird. So it gets more intense as it gets away. So the question yeah. is, is it coming from the pyramid or going to the pyramid?
0: Yeah, because we don't know of anything that gets more intense as it gets exactly. further away from away. the source.
2: So obviously the pyramid is is, is the object that is being projected upon, not not the source of the projection.
0: That would be the logical conclusion, unless there is a technology we don't know anything about yet that is more intense the further it gets away from the earth, and that's another possibility. I mean, there's all kinds of technology operating, if there's something operating that's Giving off a very intense beam at the top and creating all these negative ions and causing the water to collect in the pools, even if you drain it off. There's some sort of technology that's still operating in there after 10,000 years, which implies perpetual motion and free energy. Mm -hmm. So, no wonder there's this massive. (laughs) Yeah. No wonder there's this massive disinformation campaign, just like there are with UFOs. If people believed in stuff like this, if they believed in mass that there was free energy and it's in Bosnia, it would threaten a whole lot of people's financial existence, Mm -hmm. like all the oil companies. Mm -hmm. So it's all very interesting, and I'll I'll probably be headed back one of these days. and Okay, listen to what there isn't in the um, in the tunnels. No negative radiations in the labyrinth, is what he's calling it, cosmic. Not Hartman's, Curry's, or Schneider Grids, natural radioactivity, or negative energy from underground waters. Therefore, it represents one of the most secure locations on the planet used for health protection. So what they're doing is clearing these tunnels out that somebody... Filled, probably about they think five to ten thousand years ago, uh, somebody filled these tunnels with this loose gravel and dirt combination um, to protect something, but we don't know what they're trying to protect or from whom. And um, there's there. I mean, there's one room, talk about strange things. The tunnels are carved out of something that looks like gravel, but it's real big stones, and you can pull a stone out. And once you pull it out, you can't put it back. But but if you don't pull it, pull it out, I mean, you can just pull it out with your hand. If you don't pull it out, I know it's bizarre. If you don't pull it out, it stays up there. The loose stuff is a different material, and you can see visually the difference between the two. It's real easy. But whatever it is, this is, these tunnels have been carved through. It looks like really huge gravel. And there is a room off to the side that they've begun excavating all kinds of tunnels and side rooms. And this one side room has a ceiling made of sand. And I said, that's weird. That looks like sand. And Samir said, yeah, it is sand. And I reached up and flicked it with my finger, and some of the sand came off, just like those rocks will come out if you pull on them. I said, what's holding that up? And he said, some sort of anti-gravity, and we don't understand it at all. But, yeah, it's just loose sand, and it's not falling.
2: <laughs> wow, that must have been an amazing experience. It was
0: like. That's not possible. It's not possible for it to be this cold in here. It's not possible to have negative ions at such a high level. It's not possible for me to pull a rock out and it just comes out, but if I don't touch it, they just stay there. It's not possible for that sand ceiling to be suspended like that. Why isn't it collapsing? I'm just going, man, there's something weird going on in here. It's just inexplicable technology, and who it was was it Einstein said any sufficiently advanced technology looks like voodoo or looks like magic <laughs> so it's some sort of advanced technology that's all I can figure that's, I think that's all anybody can figure, but there's a lot to be learned from it,
2: most definitely.
0: Yeah, and they're getting ready to excavate a portion of the floor of the tunnel because they did some radar in this one particular location, and they found some strange-looking object underneath the floor. So they're going to excavate it. they in the process of doing that the day I left.
2: How long are they expecting it to take?
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't think they speculate on such things anymore. They've had too many surprises. Yeah. I met a California filmmaker who was out there putting stuff up on YouTube every day.
2: Really? And, uh, and and how would we see his stuff or their stuff?
0: Oh, let's see. I'm not sure. I guess just go to YouTube and Google Bosnian Pyramids. There's a whole bunch of stuff going up every day. Okay. Um, I will go back and post a link to that on this show page because I do have one that somebody I met right before I left forwarded to me, a guy from uh, London named Nigel. Okay, Um, great. Yeah, and I'll put that on this show page so people can see it. There's about 20 minutes worth of uh, Sarah Acconci, who is an Italian uh, archaeologist and a crew of people trying to get through to a place where they have discovered on the outside of the pyramid there are some tunnels and I'm dying to see what happens next because they just couldn't they just couldn't get through. They couldn't break it through that day and it's about a twenty minute film. So I'm dying to know what happened and I I'm resisting the urge to uh, to email uh, Sarah and say, What's happening? What's because happening? I know they're busy. <laughs> That uh, she wants me to do a past life reading for her, so that's going to be fun. And she feels, like a lot of people do, uh, called to be there. You know, a lot of people go there for a short term and they wind up just staying. There's this really cool geologist about you know, 25 to 30 years old from England who, you know, goes back home, works for nine months so that he can come back and do volunteer work there for three months out of a year.
2: That's definitely, people are so, so whatever is there, um, whatever energies, whatever technologies, even though it's been sequestered, really, (laughs) and it appeared to have been, at this point, there, either the people who did it or other people who realize this information needs to be shared are kind of putting the call out to people to help. Help uh, bring it back to us, because obviously he had a
0: foundation. He started a foundation so people can donate if they want. And volunteers come every summer to help excavate from anywhere from two weeks to four four weeks at a time. There were people from all over the world, Australia even. I think that was the farthest away. But wow. who just come and volunteer their time for the opportunity to make a difference, to uh, be part of it. Because can you imagine telling your grandchildren you helped excavate that pyramid? Yeah, really. And, and brought, brought
2: back there. that that uh, free energy back to the world. Yeah. Talk about a restructuring of the paradigm.
0: No kidding. Yeah, I think we've got a lot of that in the very near future, coming our way. And I think this is pretty amazing that this is a, a point in history where something as phenomenal as, guess what, has been going on all this time, probably affecting the whole planet. The energy coming out of this pyramid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And some sort of machine or technology of some kind has been running for at least 10,000 years. And we thought it was a hill. Because that's what pyramids, even in Central America, look like. Until they've been excavated, they just look like a hill.
2: Exactly. It's just that they're coming, a lot in South America, a lot of them are coming out of, out of totally flat areas, and they're going, why would there be a hill here?
0: Yeah. Well, you know what's cool is a lot of that um, satellite imaging that we've got going now, which wasn't around, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, um, they're finding pyramids all over the place. There are a bunch of them in China, and the people who are just, and there's some in Italy, and those archaeologists are coming and talking to Samir about, hey, yeah, we found some and you found some, and nobody wants to believe there are pyramids all over the planet, especially the Department of Tourism in Egypt doesn't want anybody to believe <laughs> it. That's gonna hurt their pocketbooks. So. um It's all very interesting, and it's in a sleepy little town where most of the people don't even believe that it is uh, the real thing. I mean, the locals—they just
2: mm-hmm. well, evidently enough people are coming to town from all over the world who have to help. Yeah, they're glad of that.
0: Help. Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy about that. And uh so I, I think it's something to watch and to um to give us hope, I mean, for Pete's sake.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: About the future. Because if it's been you know, if it's been functioning all these years, um that implies perpetual motion, which I, I said earlier but just kinda of blows my mind because the scientists our scientists are saying there's no such thing.
2: Mhm. And the that the concept of the measurable energy, that's really amazing. That they can actually they can measure what's coming out
0: or Mhm. Or know. what's in those tunnels. Mhm.
2: And uh, the whole—if the planet is warming up, that whole air conditioning thing could be uh, incredibly important to the entire planet. Yeah. It's another time that people go under the ground, you know, with the cycles of the Earth's weather.
0: There was a um, there was a Qigong master there visiting one day, and I happened to be there at the same time, and so was Samir, and he was talking to her through an interpreter. Um, because she spoke Chinese and German, and so he was speaking in English or was then interpreting it into German, so I got to hear the English part, and um, she was saying that because she you know she's a qigong master that she's they meditate a lot that she was having visions, and um she was seeing um a whole. Civilization of light beings who are ascended living under that pyramid which is exactly what we hear is going on. you know we've only got sixty seconds left
2: oh amazing, amazing
0: would there well be something? it was
2: a sounds like a full trip that you had there,
0: yes indeed it was it was maybe too much to do in two weeks next time I might uh, been two weeks on crop circles and then the next time two weeks in bosnia or something or vice versa but um, thanks for talking with me today
2: well i've been dying to hear to hear the information
0: and i want to thank everybody who came to listen to the radio show and who will listen to it in the archives as well and so i'm just going to play music as we run out of seconds here 拜拜拜拜